Hello, future lawyers, friends, neighbors. This is Charles Bust, and I'm coming to you from sunny, muggy, hot Columbia, South Carolina. And this is the Elite Law Schooler podcast, where I interview top performers in law school so that you can have their secrets to success, graduate at the top of your class, and land the job of your dreams. Today, our special guest is Kate Cardinale. Kate and I are currently clerking together in the United States District Court, District of South Carolina in the Columbia Division. Now, when Kate leaves the District Court, she will be clerking for the Fourth Circuit. If you don't already know, this is a very big deal. So, it goes without saying, Kate did really well in law school, and she has a long list of law school accomplishments. Let me take a minute to brag on her so that you can see just how lucky you are to get her secrets to success in law school. Kate graduated magna cum laude in May of 2017, ranking in the top 10% of her class. As a side note, that's what I want for every single one of you future lawyers listening to this show. Kate received a Cali Award in Legal Research Analysis and Writing and another one in Advanced Legal Writing. Additionally, Kate served on the South Carolina Law Review as a Fourth Circuit editor. She made a 3.5 GPA or better every single semester, and she made a 4.0 in both semesters of her 3L year. She also received the Outstanding Pro Bono Service Award at the end of her 1L year, and she received the Complete Lawyer Award at graduation. Finally, Kate won the Distinguished Student Award for the South Carolina Law Review. Clearly, Kate is no stranger to hard work and kicking butt in law school. In fact, she's one of the hardest working, most professional people I've ever met. Also, she is a kind and genuine person, and I'm lucky to call her my friend. Now, I'll shut up and let the master speak for herself. All right, so I have Kate Cardinale here, and she is ready to go. Kate, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I am doing awesome. So can I get you to take just a few minutes to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So as you said, my name um, is Kate Cardinelli. I grew up in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I went to Erskine College where I majored in political science and minored in information technology. Um, I went to the University of South Carolina School of Law where I graduated in May of 2017. Kate, can I get you to take just a minute to tell the listeners a little bit about your current job? Sure. So I am currently clerking for Judge Joe Anderson. He is a federal district judge for the District of South Carolina, and I am his one of his judicial law clerks. And um, just to give you a little overview of what I do, I split um, half of his civil docket um, with my other amazing co-clerk. And um, I do also get to work on some criminal uh, matters, um, but a lot of the DACA we have, I have is civil. Um, I also get to observe court. So this is trials, motion hearings. Um, for criminal stuff, it can be sentencings. Uh, and I also get to draft orders, do a lot of research and writing. Um, it has definitely been a wonderful experience, definitely working for one of the best judges, um, if not the best judge in South Carolina. He's an absolutely incredible man, and I really appreciate you going into that uh, in a little bit of detail because uh, people just don't really know a lot about clerking. It's kind of a vague concept, and I think this kind of helps the listeners. 
Yes. Okay. Well, now I want to get into the really good stuff. I want you to tell our listeners how you dominated law school. Are you ready to do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, dominate. That's a that's a strong word, but I'll, I'll tell you what uh what I learned from it or how I survived it. Well, good because I am just as curious as anybody listening right now. So why don't why don't we get into a little bit about uh, uh, what it was like in terms of workload. Um, maybe in comparison to anything you've done before. Um, so what, what was law school like in, in that way? Sure. Um, it's hard to compare law school to anything you've done before. It's just on a different scale. I think um, I had some expectations of law school being very hard going in. Um, you know, some mentors I had, just some books I had read. Um, you know, I was definitely... I definitely had high expectations for the workload and the rigor. Um, I think one of the things about the workload that I was not expecting or couldn't really uh, expect was the amount of dense reading. So not only are you assigned a lot of pages, mostly filled of cases um, in textbooks, um, you the reading um, is also very dense. So you have a lot of pages to read and it's very com complex um, subject matters, and just the reading it goes slowly. Especially, I found that for me, it was just taking me a lot longer to read these textbooks than um, previous textbooks in undergrad. And so I would spend hours upon hours reading cases, um, and that was that was definitely challenging and something that I didn't quite expect going in. Um, also, another thing that kind of um, blew my expectations a little bit was just the weekends and holidays during the semester. It was extremely hard to relax um, just because it's on your mind. I'm thinking of, okay, well, what's due next week? Am I preparing enough for um, the exam at the end of the semester? And so these types of things just running through your head. I, and I didn't quite expect that um, to the level that it was. Well, how about uh, how about your average day in law school? So, like, uh, wake up, go through the day. What did what did your average day in law school look like? Especially, you know, once you kind of got the swing of things and kind of got the hang of it, uh, what was your day to day like? Yeah, um, and for first year, I was probably the most structured, which was good. Um, so I know for weekdays, I would try to get to law school at the same time every morning. I parked in the grad school lot, um, which means that I was fighting for a parking spot with everybody else. And um, so I would have to be there before, I think, around 8 a.m. Um, to get a spot, to get a good spot there. So I would try to get to law school around 8 a.m. every day. Normally, I would use the mornings to finish preparing for classes. Um, for the day, I always planned to be ahead so that the morning I would be re reviewing or doing something um, more productive, not maybe more productive, but just doing something more towards um, preparation for the exam. But it ended up being a lot of still finishing up reading for classes. Um, and then I would go to classes um, throughout the day. I think depending, uh, I think most of my, my LRAW was um, pretty early class, but um, that was the legal research and writing class. That usually was my first one. And then I go to class until three or four each day. I usually brought my own lunch. Um, I would eat outside or eat with classmates or 
um, even myself, if I was working on something. And then after classes, um, I would usually go home, rest for a little bit, maybe exercise. I try to get involved in the intramurals there, so I might do that. Um, then I would make dinner, um, and then I would go back to school. And I usually stayed there until 9 or 10 o'clock um, during most weekdays. Um, and then weekends, um, I tried to rest some on the weekends just because I was usually so burnt out and so tired by the weekend. Um, and I, but I still tried to study, I would say at least four to five hours, um, each, each day. Um, and Sunday I usually I would go to church and I got involved in a good church community here, which, um, it was good to kind of have that as a break on the weekends as well. Well, you talked a little bit about um, a mindset in law school, and I kind of want to hammer that out a little bit. So how were you able to finish your assignments on a daily basis, and, and how did you approach your, sci- your, your assignments, and um, you know, what, was your, what was your method for dealing with the heavy workload? Yeah, and I wouldn't say I had the most efficient way of doing things, um, just because I think it's really overwhelming at first. Um, and I, I, you know, didn't quite, I would never say I truly hammered out a super efficient way, but I think when I first got into law school, I tried to read everything, like all, um, not only textbook assignments, but the supplements that, you know, that you could read. Um, and then the supplements that weren't assigned, I'd be trying to read those. And so I just, I think I tried to, um, do too much at first. Um, and I also tried to understand everything I read and this, like this just didn't work. It kind of just hit, hit, um, hit bottom there for a second, just because I couldn't keep up with the reading assignments, trying to read everything. Um, so over time and as the semester progressed, I figured out, Oh, how, how's the best way to prepare for class. Um, and then I, I could, you know, get in a rhythm of preparing for class Um, and maybe that's not reading everything. Um, and then at the same time, speaking with upperclassmen and learning about what's the best way to prepare for the exam. And so as I got into the semester, I was kind of able to figure out these things a little bit better and narrow down, okay, how much do I need to actually, um, read and comprehend, um, to be prepared for class. And then ultimately, and more importantly, be prepared for the exam at the end. Um, so it's kind of um, just a learning process each semester. So it's not like after first semester, I was like, oh, I've got this down. It was, okay, new semester, new professors, new classes. Let's start over. Let's figure out how we prepare for class and what, what's the best way to prepare for the exam. And so it's just a definitely trial and error and a little bit of a learning process um, as well. <laughs> to say the very least. Um, so how about, uh, how about we get a little bit more specific on the cases and how you handled them? So how did you, how did you read for class and brief cases and all of that? Did you have like a special method? You know, did you take notes in the margins? Were you trying to get case briefs? You know, what was, what was your way of, of going through the cases and, and preparing for class? Yeah, I think I tried a lot of different types of ways of doing it. Um, I tried writing in the margins. I tried handwriting out. Um, I tried typing out, I tried all like a lot of different things. I did color coded, like highlighted the cases in the book as well. 
Um, and ultimately, I found that for me, typing out the key facts, the holdings, the issues, the reasoning, those types of kind of breaking it down in that way helped me the most. So I would read it. And in order to write it, you kind of have to understand it at a certain level. So that helped me. Um, and I try to do it some bullet point form because when you're called on in class, you, you don't have time to sit there and read. <laughs> like you might have the time to glance down briefly at your notes, which is what I did. Um, and so I would try to bullet point. I try to make things very concise and just to trigger my memory as for as far as preparing for class and getting through the cases. I also found that for some of my classes, case briefs were just fun and as bad as that might be to admit, like, and I know the professors don't like them at all, but some of the classes, and you kind of have to figure out which ones, um, it, those worked okay, and it cut down on class preparation time. Because I still read the cases normally, but what I would do is I have this case brief, you know, that I could have it pulled up on my computer, and I could see it that way um, as well. But overall, I found, like, across the board that for me it was typing it out into like a one page summary of the case and just having those to look at if I got called on. Um, and I also use them later on to prepare for the exam. So they were a dual purpose for me. Perfect. Yeah. It's funny you say you didn't have a lot of time to read when the teacher would call on you because whenever I got called on, I would have like a three or four second panic attack and just kind of breathe it out <laughs> for just a minute and kind of just kind of get mm -hmm. myself together and then I would try to think again. But for that two or three seconds, I was completely panicked out. So let's talk a little bit about um, about note taking, because that was something that was always confusing to me was how how do the you know, the best students take notes. So how did you take notes and what, in your opinion, is the most effective way to take notes in class? Sure. And again, here I tried a lot of different things as well. Uh, um, some now some professors choose for you basically so some professors do not allow computers in the classrooms at least at South Carolina they didn't um, and in those cases you got to handwrite notes um, and so I really did not like handwriting even though everyone said it would be bet like theoretically it'd be great to handwrite um, it's forcing you to pick and choose the few phrases and facts that are most important that you want to get down that professor says but if you have a professor that talks extremely fast or if you really just don't understand what's going on and you know you're going to have to go back later and kind of relearn it and go back through it, it's not helpful to have chicken scratch on a paper, at least I found for me. Um, so what I did mostly when I was allowed to was use my computer to take notes. And um, I also at the same time would normally have, and I did this more so 2L and 3L year. First year, not as much, but 2L and 3L year, I would have some, like an old outline that I got from someone else up on the left side, and on the right side would be my notes. And so I would, oh, some people's outlines were basically transcripts of the class, and those are the ones that I would look for for in-class um, preparation or in-class um to have it in class. And so I would go through on the right side and have my own notes. And then if I got lost for whatever reason, I could kind of look on the left and be like, oh, we're in this category now. Okay. So he kind of, the professor just jumped. Um, so I would do that where I could. You're not going to be able to do that in every class. Um, and, and so, but I feel 
I feel like that helped me. But overall, use a computer. Um, still try to like not write down everything they said. Although sometimes um, in some classes that was helpful for me, um, especially tough classes where I knew I was going to be going back later and you know trying to fight through it and trying to understand it. So to have more of a transcript type of uh, notes seemed to work well for me. But some people that didn't and some people, um, so that's something like you definitely will have to figure out what works for you. Um, and a little bit will be a little bit of trial and error. How important were your class notes um, when it came to test preparation, outlining, things like that? How, how important were your class notes for those processes? It really depends on the professor or, or the class. So I had some classes where, um, and I would make it a practice of mine to go and talk with upperclassmen who took the class and did well. I would know going into the class, hey, the professor takes exam questions from the class notes. And when I heard that, yeah, then I'm then they're pretty important. Then I'm taking almost verbatim notes. And then um, I'm definitely trying to not skip any classes and um, trying to be really present in class. Other professors, it wasn't absent. Um, and it's like you just, you, you would have to get a feel for that. Um, but generally, use my notes when I was outlining at the end too. So notes for me um, were generally pretty important, although for some classes they were not. Let's talk a little bit about grades. This is this is the stuff that everybody really wants to know and let's go ahead and dig into that. Um, I want to narrow into you know exams and, and let's let's focus on how to get the grades. So when would you start studying for exams? Yeah, so outlining for me was one of the ways I prepared for exams. And so, as I said before, normally four to six weeks out, um, I would try to start four to six weeks before the exam. Um, I would try to start um, or doing some sort of studying um, for the exam. And now, again, like I sound like a broken record, but this is different on each class. So um, I think first year... Yeah, I would definitely do at least six weeks, if not more out. Um, but as you get into two and three all year, you're going to have different class, kinds of classes. Um, and so it's it's going to depend. Um, but I think for first year, for those listening that are just starting law school or in the first year of law school, I mean, I would recommend, and I personally um, started at least um, four to six weeks before the exam. Um and you may want to start a little bit more in your first semester. Um, so I a lot a lot of my studying was keeping up with class prep. So being prepared for class, and um, that's what I really um, that's like where I learned it for the first time. And so that is, is a really that's a very helpful thing. And then outlining is where you put it all together. And so between those two things, um, those are the types of things that I would do. Um, especially in the beginning of studying for the exams. Well, that's the perfect segue for what we're going to talk about next. So why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners how you prepared for exams, your methods, and any kind of secrets you might have had? Yeah, so um, if we'll go through again, just kind of my first semester um, towards criminal contracts. So again, I looked uh, specifically at the class and the professor um, towards was an open book, but it was a brand new professor. 
Um, and so he was the first time teaching at South Carolina. Um, he gave us a really good sense of uh, how he was going to test us, just in that um, he was extremely hard and uh, he was not, he did not shy away from difficult things. So we knew where we were going to get hard questions. He gave us the format way in advance. Um, so that was helpful. So that was an open book exam. Outlining, as I talked about before, was huge for that class, um, just to make sure I understood the many concepts. And torts is crazy. I mean, torts, is, they're usually issue spotter exams, which means you get these crazy fact patterns and you uh, have to spot the issue and uh, there's just too many to spot. So I knew for that one, outlining was going to be important for me. And then hypos, um, which are, I was always um, not scared to do them, but I always did not feel prepared enough to start doing hypos. So these are like practice questions, basically. And I, I just, I wish I could go back and be like, no, you can go ahead and start doing them. Um, but once you get into exam mode, like four to six weeks out, um, I would say to place an emphasis on doing hypotheticals. Um, and it's hard to know exactly like which ones do I do, but just training your mind to see a fact pattern, spot an issue, write down in whatever format you want to do. I think we did like, was it CREAC or can't remember exactly now, IRAC maybe, where you do, you have the issue, the rule, the analysis and the conclusion. So just like getting used to doing whatever format that professor is going to want or um, however you are taught is going to be, it's going to be important to get in that mindset for the exam. And I wouldn't wait until the day before to do a practice question. I'd go ahead and, um, start working on them a little bit earlier in your studying process for criminal law. It was closed book. So this was stressful because not only do you have to know to be able to spot the issues and analyze them just like you would, like you would, um, normally, but you have to have everything memorized. You have to have all the rules memorized. And so um, what I did, and I took this from undergrad. So in undergrad, for me, there was a lot of memorization. So I usually would go into a room with a whiteboard, and I would rewrite things. And I wouldn't, like, rewrite sentences. I would rewrite enough to trigger my memory or enough to um, help me memorize. And so that was a method I took from undergrad. And I that in criminal law and I went and I rewrote a bullet point outline on a I think we had chalkboards because we didn't have whiteboards um at that point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and so I did that and I literally remember a they must have been upperclassmen like coming in and looking at criminal law all up on this chalkboard and like kind of chuckling to themselves and I was like to laugh at me like this is how I learn but really I, I mean you have to you know even if it's not the coolest way to learn like you have to do what works for you like some people and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later but some people study groups it's great um, for them they learn that way and other people they don't if you're one of the people that don't work in study groups don't force yourself to be in a study group anyways how about you did you like studying in study groups or no well I did for certain things but I found once I already learned it, once I felt like I'd got a grasp on the information, I would be very open to meeting with and talking with others about it because I felt like 
Um, it wasn't overwhelming and I felt like I could actually converse with them on the subject matter. But if I felt like I was still learning it and did not know it and did not understand it at all, it was not helpful for me to be in the study group. So I think most of, most of first year, unless I was reviewing and like I'd already felt like I had a grasp on whatever we were going over, I was going to be by myself. I was not going to be in a study group. And I kind of found the same thing that I, I needed to, I needed to have my alone time and I didn't want to show any kind of weakness like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, let's, let's all talk about a hypothetical. And let me show you what I don't know. I was always kind of terrified <laughs> of that. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about uh, advice. You know, what would you tell somebody? We just talked about how to prepare for law school exams. What advice would you have for somebody um, one L student, you know, a, a new law student as well as a seasoned law student, if you could kind of um, give both of these people advice, what would you say? Yeah, I think, especially speaking to the one L's, um, I would say go in with um, a good mindset. So if you have goals to be at the top of your class, um, if you have some really high level goals, um, then you need to go in with a mindset that you have to sacrifice to achieve those. Um, and so I think that's important to start with. Um, but as far as specific advice, find a 2L or 3L um, who callied the classes that you're taking or who did well um, in those classes or just in classes in general. Um, and especially if you have that professor as well. I mean, Everything as specific as you can will be helpful. That was my goal. I was extremely, try to be extremely strategic. If I had a professor, now the professor that was brand new in torts, I mean, there was little that you can, I mean, do to find someone obviously that had it before. But for classes where they've been teaching for a while at the law school, they may not have um, old exams, but the students have taken it before. So sit down with these students. Like literally take a notepad and pencil and go be like, hey, can I buy you coffee? Or hey, do you have five minutes? And be like, okay, how do I prep for class for them? What do they like? What do they not like? What do they focus on? Um, so I think that's the first step, how to prepare for class. Because that's what you're going to be freaking out about the most. At least I did. And then as far as exam goes, ask them, how was the exam structured? You should already know by your syllabus. But if you don't, like get their opinion on how the exam is structured. How, how should I break up my time? Uh, get all the tips you can from them. Then be like, hey, do you have an outline for this class? And see if you can get their outline or what outline did they use? And I definitely am a proponent for making your own outline, 100%. However, it's always helpful to see someone else's, like no matter which way you slice it, like it's always helpful, um, especially someone that did well. Now there's a lot of bad outlines that can float out there, but Finding someone that did well, getting their outline is not going to hurt you, and it'll help you structure yours, and it'll help you get an idea of things. Um, and so just taking that information and then figuring out, you know, how do you study, um, what kind of goals you have, how much balance do you want to achieve in law school, um, and weighing all that then come up with a plan for each specific class um, would be my recommendation. And then I guess for upperclassmen, it's just kind of the same. Um, you know, you really just want to, I say, be strategic with each class and professor. Um, know 
upfront how you're going to prepare for class and know on the end how you need to be preparing or thinking in the long run um, for the exam. And I'll give an example real quick. So in 2L year, I took a class and that professor, when I took, I thought it, it was, um, I took a, the one, L, one of the 1L class with this professor. And so I noticed after the exam, another thing you can do as a side note is to review your exam, especially if you don't get the grade you get. So I had reviewed an exam that I got a grade that it was fine, but it was not um, what I would have loved. And I know, and, and like by doing that and talking to other students, I noticed that this professor pulled questions from cases that were pending before the Supreme Court. And so when I took this professor again, I went and I looked what was pending before the Supreme Court in this topic, in the subject area. And, and sure enough, that was one of the questions on the exam. And I had already had it um, like pre-answered to a degree, like obviously not completely because I didn't know the facts. She changed the facts, but like just being strategic with each class, um, I think is really key. And I think that's probably um, where a lot of my success in law school came from. That is great advice. Be strategic, figure out what it is that professor wants. If you take that professor one L year, why not look at your exam and figure out what they are looking for so that when you come back two L or three L year, you won't be scared to take that professor again. In fact, you'll be encouraged to take that professor again because you'll know exactly what he or she wants. That's great advice, Kate. Is there anything you would do differently if you had another shot at those law school exams? Um, if I was to go back, I think it would have been for me, it would have been doing more practice hypos. So I think I did a lot of this work and I got an understanding of the law, but I didn't necessarily know how to use it. So Professor Quo in her criminal law class, she um, describes these rules that you're going to learn as tools in a tool belt. She's like, but if you don't know how to use the tool, um, it's no good to you. So you can memorize all of these rules um, and these cases, but if you don't know how to use them, they're going to be no good to you. And I think that's kind of, that could be the, the thing that pushes you over and being able to get that, you know, elusive 4.0 is to not only understand the material, but it be able to know how to use it. So that means putting in the work early in the semester so that the last three to four weeks, you are literally just doing hypos and you are just learning how to use those tools, those holdings, those rules that you're learning in all these cases. And so I think you just, um, I would say the hypos might be the difference um, and like knowing how to use them. But um, that's after you do all the other steps. So it's going to be a lot of putting in a lot of time. Um, yeah. I love it. Get started early. Get started memorizing everything early so that those last couple of weeks you can spend using the tools in your tool belt. I love that. That's a great way of saying it. Um, let's talk for a minute about writing law school tests specifically. So what would be your advice on how to write the perfect law school test? Um, you're a great writer. You callied several legal writing classes. How about your method for writing the perfect law school exam? Um, yeah, so writing the perfect law school exam, that's going to be based on the professor again. And I know I've harped on this a lot, but it really, whatever they think the best written exam is that that's what they consider the best, um, 
written exam that gets the highest score. So just keep that in mind. Um, and I know there's some general tips as well, and they're going to give you a ton too in law school. But I did, I remember doing IRAC most of the time, especially first year. So that's, you know, you write the issue, you spot the issue, you write which rule applies to it or plural rules. Um, you analyze them with the facts you're given, which by the way, most people don't do that. Most people jump straight to the conclusion. So, you, you know, making the rule saying, okay, these facts apply to this rule and this is the outcome rather than saying, oh, here's a rule, here's the outcome. Um, so that's one thing that I tried to focus on just because so many of the professors said, this is where your exams are bad. People are not taking um, the facts and using them in the analysis. So that's one thing I tried to do. But honestly, I really tried to learn what the professor was going to want um, in the exam. Like I knew for criminal law and Professor Quo, um, it wasn't as much about the perfect, beautiful, structured essay. She wants you to hit all the things you can spot the issues that you can spot. Um, and she was probably the one, um, one of my professors that harped the most on the facts, using the facts in the analysis. So I would try to learn which, what each professor was looking for. Um, and, this, and this includes going to office hours and talking with them. This includes asking in class, um, when they say, hey, does anyone have questions about the exam? You know, asking, being like, hey, how how would you want this structured? Now, I mean, obviously you have to, you know, don't, don't be um, a jerk about it or don't be like um, taking up class time when it's clearly something you can ask afterwards. But um, these are the types of things you need to be figuring out. If you're not asking them in class, ask them from other students that took the class. Um, so trying to get a sense of what the professor wants, really important I also kept an eye on the time. I would bring either a watch in or I knew I was somewhere in the classroom that I could see a, time, a clock really well. So each class, um, professors do this differently, but some of them would put, this question is worth this many points. And you, so you would look, you know, you could look and see, oh, there's, you know, however many questions, these are how many points they're worth. The points should correlate to the time. And most of the time, professors aren't trying to be like, oh, you need to do a math puzzle the first 15 minutes of the exam to figure out how many, how much time you should do on each. So most of them tell you roughly, like, considering spending this much time on the question. I would try to stick to those because um, I think it was important, like, at some point, if you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer, you're not getting any points by sitting there staring at it, you, you know, you need to move on. Um, so I would keep an eye on the time. Um, and again, as I said earlier, just uh, incorporating the facts um, was important for me. I mean, the time crunch is hard. Like I can sit there all day and write you a nice memo, um, but under pressure, and it is something else. And you get a good bit of time. I mean, four hours, like you get four hours for a four hour credit course for the exam um, and three hours for the three hour ones. And so, I mean, that's a long time to take an exam. So you get a lot of time. It's just, it goes by really quick. Um, and you always wish you'd have more, usually. Not always, again, depending on the class. But first year, especially, I found, um, I definitely felt like I ran out of time um, every time. Um, so those are just some of the general things that I found that helped me. And that was important to me. Okay, so our listeners are curious about how to get good grades and we've gone over that 
But the reason they want to get good grades is because they want to land the job of their dreams. So that's what I want to go over next. Other than getting the best grades you possibly can in law school, what can our listeners do to increase their chances of getting their dream job? Because obviously you got your dream job and you are in the position that all of our listeners want to be in right now. So what advice do you have for them? Yes. So I definitely got my dream job. (laughs) Too bad it's only for one year. Um, But um, some things that I think would be really important uh, for 1Ls especially to do. So before coming into law school, I got to do a really neat internship. um, And my mentor from that internship, so I interned at the South Carolina Supreme Court for Chief Justice Toll at the time, and when I was a sophomore at Erskine, um, so an undergrad. And I met um, Stephanie Nye, who um, became just this wonderful mentor to me, and she taught me the importance of networking. So if anything, I would want to pass that along to you guys um, who are listening. So it's just, it's very important. And I would say, especially in states like South Carolina, where the bar is so small, um, a lot of the the bar being the lawyers in the state, um, and a lot of them went to South Carolina for law school, not all of them. Um, so it's just this network that's already there. And so it's just, it becomes important. Um, and so that was, that was one of the things that I'd like to impart wisdom on you guys. But also for me, I, I knew, um, going in that law review was a big deal. It, it was a goal to get on law review. Um, it, you know, I was told by lawyers going in that it sets you apart. Um, and so that was something that I wanted to do. And I've found um, that what they said has been true just as far as job interviews. People seem to point it out. Um, and it was a good experience for me. One thing I do not do is mock trial or um, taking trial ad. So I think I kind of had a mindset of, oh, I really am interested in appellate things, oral arguments. Um, and I didn't take the time to, um, look at things like mock trial and trial ad. And now now being able to clerk at the trial level, I'm like, man, wow, I wish I really would have, um, done something along this lines. Um, and then I would say get involved. Um, you have to be careful and you have to balance because your grades are really important one L year, but I mean, get to know people in the law school, um, get involved with the pro bono programs. Um, University of South Carolina has an absolutely wonderful pro, pro bono program. Um, and so get involved. I um, had been involved in a honor council type thing at Erskine. And so, hey, like something I've already done. I want to do that again. So th- things like that. Um, but I was I was very selective. I did not do everything. I tried to pick um, a few things that I wanted to get involved with and kind of just going with it. Um, but those are kind of big things uh, that I would recommend listeners to do. Well, is there anything you would say specifically regarding networking? Cause that is so important. Is there anything that you would say is, uh, is extra important regarding networking and how to build that powerful network? Yeah. So, um, your first year, at least at South Carolina, they put us in a mentoring group group and I, took full advantage of that. And I got with three really great attorneys and then, or actually I think it was two or three attorneys and then a couple other law students. 
and follow up. So you're going to meet, you're going to talk with them, send them a follow-up email, um, keep in touch. Um, if an attorney and they know other attorneys, if you say you're interested in something, they're like, Oh, I know an attorney that does that. Be like, can I get their name? Can I get their email? Reach out to them and just learn what attorneys, um, what, what other people do. Um, if someone offers to talk with you at lunch or coffee, take them up on it, write them a thank you note, handwritten notes go over so well. Um, I always say, and I found this to be true. The best time to network is when you're not looking for a job. So this is, you know, you first start law school, you're not looking for a job. Um, you know, meet some attorneys, get to know um, some attorneys in the area. I have no family members that are attorneys, no extended family members, no nobody. Um, so I knew going in that I'm going to have to try to build just a network of attorneys that I know that, you know, I can call and be like, hey, I have a question about this or how does this work or what do you think about this career goal? And so... I knew that going in, and so I made a specific effort to try to just meet and talk with attorneys. And networking, I think it kind of gets a bad stigma because people use it usually just to get jobs. And, I mean, it's definitely a great tool for that. But I found it to be so much more to where um, you just you build relationships, and there's so much that wisdom that can be imparted on you. Um, and you can learn so much just talking about, talking to people that have done it and gone through it. I mean, this podcast is an example. Like, you're listening right now. Um, to people who have gone through law school. And so I think that's a great start and just doing that um, with other attorneys as well. Um, also, uh, the better you do, the easier it is for people to help you. So don't just slack off because you think uh, your connections will get you the job, basically. Um, I have found that the more that I have um, succeeded, the more that I have done, the easier it is for people to be able to be like, oh, I can, they'll, they'll be more willing to recommend me, um, which is huge. And especially in a small bar like South Carolina, um, you don't necessarily put your name out there on the line for everybody. And so um, doing well is going to help you a lot as, you know, as well. Um, so those are some more specifics on networking. Kate, that is awesome advice. The best time to network is when you're not looking for a job when you don't need something from someone also if you want people to do you a favor get out there and do the work first put in your effort and make it easy for them to stick their neck on the line for you that's great advice kate well thanks how about a few parting words of support and or wisdom for our listeners and then we'll end the show um, first year grades are the most important. I was told that going into law school, everybody should be told that going into law school. Um, I think that's, that, that is the truth. Um, it, it's do, dealing with timing of interviews. Uh, and so just, just know that first year grades are very, very important. Um, also develop relationships with your professors. Um, they are amazing. Um, and, I have just gotten so much out of um, just getting to know the professors that I've had. Um, by my third year, I was able to go walk into their offices and just be like, hey, like I'm thinking about maybe applying to this. And like, oh, have you thought about this, this, and this? And so it just becomes, um, it's just a very great thing to have. So I would highly encourage that. I don't think, think enough people take advantage of the amazing professors at these law schools. Um, get involved. Don't just go to class. I think there's a balance to that. Um, obviously, 
Um, your grades are really important, as we've talked about for most of this podcast. But, I mean, get involved, too. Your classmates are going to be the next state politicians, the next judges, uh, the heads of businesses. Get to know them. Do events to get to know um, your classmates. Um, it's a pretty neat group of people. And um, don't just go to class and go home. Um, and then, again, as we just talked about, networking and connecting with attorneys. Um, that's probably one of the most just enjoyable parts about law school. And so I just, um, I just think that's something worth putting time into. And so I think that's, that's about all I've got. Okay. You have really given us all a lot of great wisdom today. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, future lawyers, that does it for today's episode. I will catch you in the next show. And until then, keep striving, keep reaching for your goals, give it everything you've got, and be thankful to be in a position to achieve greatness.